Steps on, going for Fitzgerald, touchdown Arizona. David Johnson off to the races. He will score, touchdown Arizona. And it is Patrick Peterson who comes up with the spectacular interception. Welcome to episode 84 of the British Bird Gang Breakdown, the one where there's really not much to talk about, but for the purposes of continuity, we're here to talk about whatever Cardinals-related stuff we can actually find. Once again, I'm Tom, and I'm joined by Callum to put together this so-called episode. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> really not much. I was I was maybe expecting some news um, in, in the, the week, and we've kind of got some news. But there was no no big um, changes in staffing or um, big announcements or anything like that. Which I guess you know, if you're this late in the season, you really don't want to be starting to break like a coach's change or anything like that now. Yeah, it's not like we have any positions to worry about with like no quarterback change or anything like that. So nothing like that to report on. Exactly. I mean, I guess so. We've got we've got news on the Pro Bowl, um, or rather, like a, an update on the voting for it as it stands just now. It's basically scraping the barrel for content this week. It really is. I mean, that's, that's about as, as content-y as it got. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury gave the guys like a five-day five day holiday, effectively. I'm sure they were grateful of it. I mean, some of them went back home for a bit. I saw Buda Baker, I think it was, went back Washington. Yeah, yeah, some people went back home. Um, well, I guess it's really nice for them, especially this close to Thanksgiving. You know, there were apparently some people who would have loved to be just back in the facility, but they were told that they were not allowed to, you know, come into the facility at all. They had to take the break. I can imagine there were a few who weren't like that, but, you know, we won't name names here. No, I think most people ran out of the practice facility when they were told they were going to have a couple of days off and, and, you know, immediately booked planes home and headed off. Headed to the golf course as well, if you like Patrick Peterson or Larry Fitzgerald, I bet. Exactly, yeah. I imagine that they were, you know, off flying to, to some nice golf course somewhere. Got to work on that handicap somewhere, haven't you? <laughs> well, you know, ho- hopefully um, that rest has done everyone some good um, and we can get some sort of fresh legs again. Yeah, but for the news, we've got a little bit of a Pro Bowl voting update where currently we actually have four players currently in the top five of each position. Yeah, doing not too badly. And of course, um, sort of surprising no one or individual players that we've got coming are, are mostly from the defence. Despite the fact our defence is tragic. Well, as a whole, our defence is tragic, but we're leading like four or five of the NFL defence measurables, you know, in, in individual player tenses, that is. That's true. And obviously they're the ones who are getting the recognition, I suppose, with leading the votes this early. Yeah. I mean, straight up, um, sort of first out, well, alphabetically, I guess, uh, Buda Baker is uh, doing reasonably well. Yeah, he's currently the number one free safety in the whole NFC, fourth overall in the entire NFL. Yeah, I mean, pretty good going. Yeah, I mean, it's been a decent season for Buda Baker so far. I'm just wondering who are the free safeties ahead of him? I should have probably researched this, but off the top of my head, I can't really think of anyone. Wouldn't, wouldn't be Tyron, would it? Um, is he AFC? I thought the Texans were NFC. No, they are AFC, right? Well, it's AFC, yeah, so with the whole AFC, there's three players ahead of Buda Baker. I wonder if he's one of them. Possibly. I don't think he's been doing that well out there. 
I mean, he's had a few moments, but, you know, he's a name recognition entered sometimes with Pro Bowl. That is definitely one thing that happens there. And, you know, Chandler Jones is uh, is one of the other guys that's up there. And I can't imagine that he's up on name recognition alone, given that he's not in the NFL Top 100, but he is currently leading uh, the NFL in sacks. Yep, he's fourth overall and third in the NFC in the outside linebacker voting. Again, I can't really think of anyone who you'd put ahead of him in that position. I guess, I mean, because it is specifically outside linebacker, right? Yeah, so I suppose maybe like Von Miller, someone like that. Someone with a proper big name. I'm trying to think, like, I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Who is it that's out in, in LA in the defensive line? I don't think that would come into this position, though. I, or sorry, linebacker, anyway. I'm not sure. I wouldn't put anyone of them ahead of Chandler Jones, to be fair. Yeah, no, Chandler Jones has been playing fantastically. Then also we've got our friend Jordan Picks. He's fifth in the voting so far. Yeah, I'm I'm like a little surprised he's not higher given that he's, you know, quite decidedly top of the uh picks um scale. And of course he's leading the NFL in tackles. But there's four players ahead of him, at least in the NFC. I guess, you know, outside of Arizona he might not be that big a name and, and like one of the things that'll be holding all these guys back on the defense is the fact that our defense has not been putting up stops, it's not been putting up those big plays. So despite the fact that they're doing really well in their individual categories, people think, oh, the Cardinals' defense is terrible and they're not voting for us. Yeah, I mean, I could obviously see guys like Luke Keekley ahead of him, Bobby Wagner, you know, big names like that. That being said, you know, I'd be quite happy to send all the three of them along to the Pro Bowl. I think they'd be good representatives. There could be a chance of a fourth as well, though, with Zane Gonzalez fifth overall in the kicking category. Well, he's missed, what, like one, two field goals this year? And he's been near perfect on extra points, so you can see why he's there. Absolutely, he's been really, really good. And, you know, I, I, I think kicking is one of those ones that's extremely difficult to separate out because you're actually separating out, you know, the, the majority of the top kickers are all nearly perfect. Yeah, exactly. You just have to miss one kick or two and then people are like, yeah, that's it, cut him, given the nature of the NFL these days. Yeah, exactly. Well, if, and we've got... Um, as I said, I, I'm I'm very, very happy with Zane Gonzalez so far this season. And, you know, I, I think it's a good one to send along to the Pro Bowl. Would be a bit less upset if he didn't get in just based on how weirdly competitive that category is, just because there's so many guys who've had, you know, similar stat lines across the season. Off the top of my head, I could probably think in the NFC, there's got to be at least Will Lutz ahead of him. Uh, I don't think any Tampa Bay kickers would be there because they're cursed. <laughs> <laughs> they do have a genuine curse. It's quite it's quite interesting to watch. Probably Jason Myers as well, the kicker in Seattle. I've not really been watching much of their stuff. Has he has he been, you know that's the thing, it's difficult to say, isn't it? He's he's my kicker in fantasy and he scores quite regularly in that, so I'll take it as being decent enough. It, well sticking to the NFC West, I had Robbie Gold up until a while ago. Until he was injured, he was extremely reliable. But, you know, I mean, uh, so as I said, you know, with Zane Gonzalez, I, I think it'd be great to send him along. If he doesn't make it, I can kind of understand why, because there's just so many other guys that are doing so well. But with the other three, if they don't make it, it's a bit of a travesty, especially given how they've pulled all these individual records out on one of the worst defenses in the league. Have you actually done a vote yet so far for this? I've put through a poll, yeah. I haven't yet. I've not using my democratic right to vote. Well... 
I was gonna I was gonna put in a joke about making sure you register to vote, but it's actually it's the night we're recording it that the uh, the voting closes for uh, at least the UK general election. But you can still vote in the Pro Bowl, I guess, if you want to make yourself feel better. But I mean, like you know, you'd rather vote for something you could actually like. I don't know. <laughs> Figure out something there, let's, you know. Let's let's uh, come back with a political joke later, shall we? I, I, I see. I see. You've got on here that there's no offensive players that that rank in the top ten of their re- respective positions, which you know you're saying is not a surprise. I was a little bit because you can't get in as a rookie, right? I think rookies can be voted for. Yeah, can they? I was a little bit surprised to not see Kyler Murray in that in that sense, you know. Yeah, but I mean there are a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL doing good this season. There are, yeah, but that you know, I think he's exciting to watch and like at the end of the day there's, you know, the Pro Bowl is a popularity contest by pretty much definition. And I think not only has Kyler Murray been putting up really good passer ratings and like really good statistics against solid defenses, he's also been really fun to watch obviously i'm biased about that but i think that it would be a good one to have in there one that you'd want to see more of well i mean you say about an entertaining quarterback it's no surprise to hear that lamar jackson's actually leading the votes overall over every position oh absolutely i mean i wouldn't be surprised if he was in the super bowl instead but you know um if he's not going to be there you you want to be watching him right like that's fantastic uh, stuff that we've been seeing from him so far this year. Especially last night. That was a good one to watch. I missed the game last night. That was um, Seahawks, right? The Rams. No, it was uh, Rams, that was it. I knew it was somebody in our division. And that was, what, 45-6 or something like that? Yeah, but I think we'll touch on that a little bit later because obviously we've got that game coming up. Well, we've got to stretch our content as much as we can. I know exactly we like talking about the Pro Bowl because that's that's <laughs> what we've been resorted to. So who are you thinking of? Is there, is there anyone you would consider to be a snub so far in the Pro Bowl voting? Not really. I mean, I'm surprised Larry Fitzgerald's not there on name recognition alone. But, you know, maybe sometimes people actually vote for players deserving of it. Possibly. I mean, the thing is, is like Fitz has broken all these records this year and he's obviously still playing extremely well. But the caveat of that is like he's playing well for his age and to a lot of you know, for a lot of other wide receivers across the league, there's a lot more, you know, dynamic stuff going on there. I think you'd have to get a lot more catches for people to be take more notice of him nowadays anyway. Yeah, I think he needs more highlight reel catches because he's had like two or three this season that have been spectacular. You know, these one-handed grabs and stuff like that that he can do. But, uh, you know, like you need to catch people who are only casually watching like NFL Sunday's breakfast and, and seeing the highlight reels then, you know, that kind of stuff. Because there, there's a lot of people who will only ever watch their own team and maybe some news and maybe listen to a podcast. And, you know, those are the people that you need to kind of convince to, to get into the Pro Bowl. Do you think we should move on from the Pro Bowl to something a bit more competitive? Something a bit more close to home as well, I guess. Yeah, I suppose we should call it that. The Bird Gang Poll, because, you know, this is where we are in the episode. We've got to stretch it out. I don't think we'll go to 10 minutes for fantasy, but you never know. Well, we can we can maybe talk about it a bit more this week because it's as a you know proportion of the podcast, it'll be more, but it is a much, much shorter podcast. Plus, you know, it's uh, fantasy starting to get interesting. It's starting to get to the end of the season, starting to get to 
like locking yourself into the playoffs time. Or crying because you're not in the playoffs. Or crying because you're not in the playoffs. So I'll kick off with the, the Bird Gang Bowl for myself. I needed a win. Obviously, I said last week, I think I need to win twice to actually have a chance of making it. So I suppose one win's good enough to start with. Yeah, I'd say so. We managed to scrape past Toto Nisila's biceps, 153.18 to 141.64. I probably butchered that name horrendously. <laughs> it's um, Yeah, that's a tricky one. Even seeing it written down, Toto Nisila? Nisila? Nisiela. I know. I know he plays for Ipswich, but that's about it. It's an it's an interesting fantasy team name, anyway. So yeah, I mean that's a pretty close win for you. Yeah, I had big points from Leonard Fournette, Alan Robinson, and Baker Mayfield, who I picked up with Kyler on a bye. Now up to six and six, so I need to win next week and hope one of the teams at seven and five lose, and maybe I manage to sneak in the playoffs with a seven and six record. But I'm not counting me chickens. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just going to be it's going to be the the sort of last minute little squeak pass that gets you there. But um, yeah, obviously that's that's a uh, re- requiring somebody else to to mess up. Unless I could bribe someone to lose, you know. Um, well, possibly, possibly. Might have to do that in the next one. But you know, how did you go in the beard gang pool? No, I, I lost again. Um, so I think that's me out. That was me five and seven now. Um, to lose twice in a row. Um, I lost 185.98 to 217.14, and that was to the team called Moo. Yeah, that was a pretty pretty devastating one. I, I left zero points on the bench, so I can say that I gave it my all. I went down swinging, but it was basically, you know, I, I was really stuck with some pretty bad bye weeks. Patrick Mahomes uh, was on bye. I had Kenyon Drake, um, who's been doing me reasonably well, and then a lot of injuries as well. So I think I was a bit too precious. I think at this time in the season, I should have dropped some of the the guys that were on a buy or some of the guys who were injured and just picked up, you know, better people to go in their space. But um, yeah, it, it didn't didn't turn out too well for me. How about the Dynasty League? How's that going? Uh, well, I'm also at five and seven in the Dynasty League with a streak of five losses in a row. I was five and two before that started. And I'm... I've lost 122, point, 122 points to 146.92 points against John. So that was devastating because that's extremely low scores for that game, but uh, for that league. But I'll tell you what, this league was one that I knew I had to lose. I had too many people on by and I had too many injured people that I couldn't drop because in this this one, you know, these are guys that I need to bring through till next year, and and there's some guys that I'm just not willing to get rid of yet. You know, I I took the loss. It means I'm probably not going to get into the playoffs this season, but it sets me up better for next season. So, I'm I'm okay with it for now. Yeah, I've got another win to brag about this time, beating Darazio and the Cardinals, 155.28 to 101.3. Chris Godwin, the star in this one with thirty-seven point four point. Oh man, you knew you nearly owe him. You owe him more than half your win. It's not for the first time this season. He's had a couple of big games like that. It has. It has had a couple of big games where he just takes off. And I'm now one of the three teams that are sat at seven and five. But obviously, I'm the one who's missing out on the playoffs because sod's low, I guess. Well, it's it's points for points against, right? Yeah, I'm just not scoring enough points, basically. Definitely squeaked past a couple times with like quite low points. We've still got two games left though, so still a chance they could slip up and I don't. 
definitely still time in that one. So everyone across the bird gang, two weeks left to go. We've got a big game this week, though. Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe I'm facing you in the Dynasty League, right? I mean, you can always throw it if you want. I don't care. <laughs> a tank for um, tank for an early pick next year. Yeah, I can arrange that if you want. I'm I'm gonna wait and see. I mean, the thing is, is like I've got some quite tricky decisions to make in terms of starts. I've got guys I can definitely drop straight away, but I got some quite tricky decisions to make. So, well, I'll wait and see how that looks before I decide to tank it because I might just want to beat you for the sake of having a 500 record and to spite me from making the playoffs. I suppose. Ex- exactly. Yeah, knock you out of the playoffs. Shocking. As if you'd do that to me. Well, I mean, here's the here's the fun thing about the playoffs is that um, not long from now we get to start cursing teams with um, choosing who we want to win based entirely on names. It's a shame that's actually next week's episode because we could have done with the content for this week. We could, we could have done with the content, definitely. I guess if fantasy's over and, and there's not much else to talk about with fantasy, we might as well try and do a, a game preview against the Rams. Yeah, well, I mean, we do have an actual game to talk about this week, thankfully. Don't like bye weeks. No, the the bye week is now over, and we've got a game to look forward to properly. It's the sorry, is it at La, at Rams or are we hosting the Rams? Is the question. I think we're hosting them this time. It is a home game, yeah, because we didn't have any home games until December, and it will be December on Sunday apparently, which is terrifying. Where has the year gone, basically? I know, spectacular. Well, I mean, early Christmas present, do you think? The Rams have been on a bit of a downward spiral. Well, I mean, it's a 9.05pm kickoff on Thanksgiving weekend. Bound to be on red zone quite a bit, because I think there's only one more game in the late slate of games. Yeah, it's really it's quite interesting when red zone only has two games on as well, right? Because they, they cut between them just all the time. You know, you, you practically get the whole game just interspersed with the other game. Yeah, they basically have to just broadcast both games, don't they? I would say that the one thing that tends to happen then is that they cut back to the studio a bit more often and Scott Hansen in his fake office talks a bit more. Maybe do more highlights of the early games. Yeah, I think they always do that, don't they? Like shoot touchdowns and stuff like that, even though you've just seen them in the three hours beforehand. Well, you know, not everyone watches Game Pass the whole the whole night like me. They also struggle for content, so you know we we know how that feels. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty familiar feeling right now. Um, I mean, speaking of of struggling for content, I see you've even put an advert for NFL Game Pass in here. Yeah, I mean, I had an email today saying for Thanksgiving you can actually get it for a week for ninety nine pence. So I think that might actually be worth picking up. It's not bad actually. Although the thing is, if everyone picks it up at ninety nine p, then the service will crash and everyone will hate it. Yeah. That being said, if if everyone picks up for 99p, maybe they'll recognise that they can actually sell it for a decent price and that more people will actually buy it if it's a decent price. If it was 99p for a whole season, everyone would buy it. I'd buy several. I'm thinking more like, you know, if it's 30 quid for the season or even 50 or something like that, rather than, what, 140 quid and you still get blacked out games. Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous, that is, but, you know, what can you do? Well, I guess vote with your wallet watch NFL streams online, you know. I'm sure there's many dodgy places out there which we don't condone. Definitely don't condone going to buff streams and watching the NFL on there. Or going to reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Although that got shut down, so you can't use that anymore. I know they've all migrated to a different website, which is different, but you know, if you want to know, you'll have to contact me. 
<laughs> contact Tom in a shady alley at some point and ask for any of those NFL streams, those sweet, sweet streams. I suppose you should talk, actually talk about the game, though, because, you know, that's actually some content for this episode. Yeah, and, and we like briefly mentioned as well, the Rams are coming off Monday Night Football, which is already a short week. It's a difficult turnaround. But they're also coming off a heavy loss. I think you could call it a Monday Night Massacre. <laughs> Isn't Monday Night Massacre a wrestling event? It was Valentine's Day Massacre, I remember that one. Back in the 90s. <laughs> nice obscure references there. That, that is some seriously obscure wrestling references. I'm impressed. 45-6, though, against the Ravens. Yeah, I need to go and watch some of the highlights of this one, I think. It was a good one to watch. I mean, the Ravens scored touchdowns on their first six possessions of the game. And you only had seven in the whole game. <laughs> so so what was the, the problem then? Was it, was like, obviously the Ravens are fantastic and they're like absolutely on a roll and they're powerhouses this season. But was the Rams' defense just awful? Was their offense unable to get anything on the go? I think there was just really long drives, really, because if you think about it, they only had seven offensive drives in the whole game. If you've only got seven possessions and you score on six of them, then... Well, they scored on the seventh as well, but that was a field goal. Ah, right, okay, so they scored touchdowns. They scored on every drive, but only touchdowns on the first six. Which, I mean, you know, only, yeah. I wish we could do that. (laughs) I'm I'm less impressed now. No, just kidding on. Yeah, I can't imagine that this is going to do too well for the Rams. Who are currently sitting at what six and five? Yeah, I mean the six and five, not where everyone, that anyone really expected them to be that bad. I don't think. Yeah, definitely not. I should clarify, by the way, when we're saying the Rams are bad, that we're well aware that the Cardinals have a much worse record than that. But you know, they lost to the Ravens by thirty-nine points. We lost by seven. Go figure. That's true. Very, very true. No, I, I think um, you know when we were looking at the season preview. Obviously, the Rams games are are really quite late in the season, and we were thinking, well, you know, these are these are dead cert losses. There's no way we're winning. The Rams were a Super Bowl team, and and now you know, look how the mighty have fallen. Really, and it's kind of surprising, really, considering all the investment they've put into that team. Like I was reading on Twitter, they haven't got a first round pick until 2022, just because they've they've traded them all away for stuff. Yeah, because he like, traded away for Brandon Cooks, I think it was last year. Then he traded for Jalen Ramsey this year, didn't he? Yeah. And that's kind of backfiring a bit. He lost his head a bit last night. Did he? Well, I I think a lot of guys tend to when you're losing that much. Especially when he's the one getting picked on, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think when it comes to the Rams, let's let's again never use the word winnable game. But I think it will be a lot closer game than we thought it would be at the start of the season, which I feel like I've been saying a lot. Well, I mean, the thing is, uh, offense is struggling, but when you think about who they're coming up to play, Vance Joseph's 31-ranked defense, that might spark them into life. We might make them look good. That's the thing you got to worry about, though, isn't it? No, it's it's true, and, and like that's the kind of thing that you would use to motivate that group of guys, right? You know, like if you're coming in, actually today, you know, if you're coming in on Tuesday... And you're saying, like, look, we lost the game. We lost horribly. You know, how do we get our guys back and motivated to get working again? I guess that's a pretty good way of doing it. Just point out you've got Arizona on the calendar. And then that, that should be motivation enough. Exactly. And the other thing, of course, is that we've not won at home against the Rams for quite some time. I think at least since 2015, maybe since 2014. Since he got rid of Jeff Fisher, probably. 
Oh no, it's it's been since before then as well. We just really struggled with them when they come to Arizona for some reason. And then obviously we struggle when we play away or in London, but that never happened. Uh, well, that that game is completely false, and and yeah, really odd to see with the Rams because you would think that um, you know the only major change or the only major fall that they've had is Todd Gurley not being around. And while you'd expect that to affect the offense to some degree, you wouldn't expect them to be losing half their games. I mean, Gailey has been around playing, but obviously not as much as everyone expected him to. Well, he's, is it arthritis he has? I mean, they've never actually said what it is actually with him. The team's never actually come out and said? Not as far as I'm aware, no. That seems to be this... I still picked him up in fantasy in one league, and he scored a few points. Yeah, but, but he's know. not the powerhouse he was last season or the season before, I guess. No, definitely not. Obviously, there's something going on there. There's something something going wrong with a lot of star running backs. Look at David Johnson, for instance. So happens to get paid and then you get lazy. Well, we'll we'll wait and see what happens with. Well, th- there's something we can talk about in game preview if you want some content. Do you reckon David Johnson gets a snap or gets on the field for a snap? You know, it wouldn't actually surprise me if he was an inactive for this game. Yeah, I'm interested to see that. I mean, obviously against uh, San Francisco in the last game. He was on the field for eight or nine snaps and, and obviously didn't touch the ball at all. And then after the game, he cryptically tweeted, was it Welp? It was, yes. And also, we didn't actually mention this last week, but before the media were actually like in the locker room, he'd already cleared off and gone. He had, yeah, he disappeared. You know, that's understandable after a frustrating game, I would say. Yeah, I suppose you don't want to really be listening to the media spit out the same regurgitated questions every week, would you? Especially if they're going to come out and say, "Why aren't you know? Why aren't you getting touches? Why aren't you doing that?" And I'm sure David Johnson knows full well why he's not getting touches and probably doesn't want to talk about it. But I guess at this point, he's had you know they've they've had a few days off and he'll have had a week to work on it, and you know maybe he'll have had the kick up the uh, ass that he needs to kind of get working again or make a decision one way or another. There is the fact that Chase Edmonds should be back for this game as well. Oh, that's exciting. Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake. I actually made for a, a trade for Kenyon Drake in another league of mine, so we'll see if that pays off. Hopefully we keep him here long term. I would hope so as well. I think we've got him for a one-year deal right at the moment. Will he be a free agent at the end of this season? Well, I imagine that you know if he can put together, if he can continue to impress, then he might be able to get himself a pretty good payday. And then obviously we'll have to the question about what happens to David Johnson. But that's a question for another episode. I would say that's a like end of season question right there. It's also way above our pay grade. <laughs> it is way above. Well, we can still speculate. We've speculated on worse. I mean, we always speculate on this podcast. What more can we add? We need to talk about something, don't we? No, my, my speculation is that we would see him, we would see David Johnson on the sidelines, but not on the field. And whether he addresses for the game, I don't know. As long as he put something on. You know, addressing some clues of some description. With whether he dresses in, in real football gear or whether he dresses in a in a comfy hoodie and goes for a little nap. I don't know. Should we make some predictions for this game then? Alright, you first. Okay, so I'm going to go with a twenty three twenty LA Rams win. Very close. Are you going with the um three point win based on the fact that we've lost by three points several other times this season? Yeah, just got to be like gutted that we don't take our chances in this game and it slips away with a last-second field goal. I mean, I think that's still a relatively low-scoring game there. Well, I mean, their offense is misfiring. Our defense is tragic. 
but their defense is decent. And their offense is all right as well. Yeah. Like, mm. Oh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, it, give me the Rams at the start of the season. They give you a very different prediction. I'm kind of tempted 35 to 28, and I'm giving that to the Rams. Okay, so that's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. Yeah. Should mean they be on red zone a fair bit. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully. I'm going to try and double screen it, I think, to keep red zone on one, but also keep... Because I don't want them to keep them cutting away from the not re- not actual scoring opportunity stuff, but stuff that's still interesting to me as a Cardinals fan. Like the bits where we get flagged for full starts and that. So many flags. I mean, it might be Thanksgiving, so they might be a bit more lenient on flags this week. But then again, probably not. Well, I guess we would see starting on the Thursday games... Then again, you know, it's just trying to make it good good watching, I guess. But they tend to try and make the officiating as even as possible across the whole season. Try to and fail, obviously, but, you know. Try to and fail drastically. do have a nice triple header on Thursday, though, so that's something to look forward to, even though the Cardinals aren't playing in any of them. Yeah, who who's all playing? Is it the Snoopy Bowl again? Should have probably got the list up first. Unless that's what you're doing. I'm just trying to get it. I, I googled Thanksgiving games and it gave me like lots of games for children. Play some charades or something like that. Uh, pin the tail on the turkey. So they've got, well, yeah, lions and bears, cowboys and bills, and falcons and saints. Yeah, I mean, the lions and bears is a bit meh, isn't it? Who wants to watch that game? <laughs> I mean, it, it could be fun to watch just every, everything fall apart for everyone as they both try and tank. Yeah, because I mean, like, both of them are outside of the postseason anyway. No chance of playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Cowboys and Bills should be a decent one, though. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, the Bills have been surprisingly showing up a lot more than you would expect them to. Especially with John Brown there. Yeah, he's doing well, actually. He did well last week, sadly. Did he score two of their touchdowns or just the one? I don't know, but I think he's got like 30 to 40 fantasy points, so he had a big game. Just all over the Broncos' defense. And then Falcons and Saints for the late game, which everyone will be in bed for, I'm sure. Unless you're actually a Falcons and Saints fan. As, well, it's my work night out on the Thursday, so I might actually be coming home around that time, which, you know, in my drunken state, I might decide that it's a good idea to stay up for it. I mean, it could have its moments, I suppose, but... I, I suspect it will just be a very high-scoring game for the Saints, but, you know, could be entertaining. Definitely, but, you know, they're not Cardinals, and that's all we talk about on here, so I suppose we should wrap up this podcast before we go on about some other team. I'm just keeping talking because it feels like the podcast has been so short, but we might as well wrap it up. As always, if you're not following us on Twitter, go follow us at British Bird Gang and join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash British Bird Gang and join the group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash British Bird Gang and buy a Thanksgiving gift for yourself at britishbeardgang.tmail.com <laughs> even though we don't fa- celebrate Thanksgiving over here. You may as well. And do you even have gifts on Thanksgiving? I mean, you give thanks for people, but you know. But be thankful if you buy our t-shirts. Be thankful to yourself. And also leave us a thankful review on this podcast wherever you listen to it. <laughs> five stars only, though. A thankful five stars, obviously. We'd, we'd be thankful if you were five stars only. Thankfully, you'll be saying it's the end of the episode, so join us again next week. Until then, goodbye. See you next week for a real proper episode. Well, kind of proper, but you know. <laughs> we'll see. Goodbye. Goodbye.